You're listening to Get Real KC with Jen and Eric. Kansas City's consumer-facing real estate podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Get Real KC, where we are overflowing with a passion for all things real estate. I'm Eric Jurgensen. And I'm Jen Justice. And today in studio with us is Colby Horseman from uh, Christian Brothers Roofing. Colby, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Happy to be here, guys. Oh, man. We're, we're excited, you know, and uh, our listeners will, might be wondering, like, hey, you had some roofing people on not too long ago. So this is a testament to a couple of things. Number one is there's more than one great roofing company in Kansas City, or at least we believe that. And then uh, number two, uh, you know, what we cover in a 30 or 45 minute podcast is certainly not, you know, we're just scratching the surface. So bringing some people back to kind of dive in in particular areas uh, is, is really, I think, helpful and, uh, and provides a lot of information. So uh, get ready. We're going to jump into uh, a lot of interesting stuff that maybe we haven't covered before. And there may be people with missing shingles that need your services. <laughs> right now. It's I, been super windy, and we're getting ready to go into storm season, so uh, I bet you're going to be busy. And, of course, you always like more business, too, right? I'll, I'll never complain about being too busy. That's, yeah. that's for sure. Well, you're a better man than I. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I complain. Um so we're going to spend a lot of time uh, during this episode focusing in on, on small repairs, on some just general education of terminology, things to do when you've lost a shingle or two. But, but I want to start off just because I don't want to miss it. I, I want to talk a little bit about Christian Brothers Roofing and that that's not, you know, you're not, you know, uh, a couple of guys in a ladder in a pickup truck, um, that, that this is all you do is sort of small end work. And I know you've done it for me, but we should probably just, maybe we should start out talking about uh, how you guys got referred to me, which was from a, uh, just an absolutely fantastic friend of mine and, and a very high end roof out in Prairie Village. So you guys cover a lot of different stuff. So tell us just a little bit about the gamut of your business. Yeah. So, I mean, really, our, our kind of motto at Christian Brothers is, is there is no project too big or too small for us. So, you know, we, we want to help everybody that we can. Um, so we do, you know, small little repairs um, when you just have a little leak or you notice something off with the roof and you need a little repair. Um, up to these, you know, massive 200,000 square feet commercial roofs uh, and everything in between that. Right. And so the the roof that, I, you know, that I know you referred, not only was it a, a, a significant in terms of size residential roof, but also um, a, a, an atypical roofing material. So you do high-end materials, you do luxury materials as well. I don't, I'm that was some kind of slate, isn't it? Wasn't that roof? So it was probably either the GAF True Slate. Um, so yeah, natural slate roofing, yeah. um, or the Decra Stone Coated Steel, um, which they it comes in a lot of different profiles. You can make it look like clay tile, like wood shakes. I think actually now that you say that, I think they actually had elements of both on that roof. So because yeah. they had yeah steel and slate. But anyway, you certainly do. We're going to focus in on. And I, I, low end is is the wrong way to say that. Traditional, yes. Uh, most and people also have a composition or shingle type of roof of that, and we are getting more of those specialty roofs in Kansas City, like your Prairie Village, your National, your Hallbrook, your you know those right, types of neighborhood. Yeah. But as a rule, I would say, what, what would maybe 
85% of the city is still a traditional shingle? Yeah. Yeah, I would say 80 to 85% is a standard asphalt shingle. We have seen over the last two years a big kind of spike in interest in the standing seam metal. Um, so that that one with those ribs is that, that those barns barn dominiums? <laughs> yeah, I think it might be the the barn dominium effect. Yeah, 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 that's cool. Okay, so let's let's jump in. I I want to start from a buyer's perspective because unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on whether you're a buyer or a seller, our market is still very strongly a seller's market, which means. Buyers are out frequently looking at multiple homes. Sometimes they're making multiple offers and they're having to do it very quickly. Uh, and, and they might have to put offers in on multiple homes before they get one. So a, a buyer is not necessarily just making this assessment once or twice. They're frequently making this assessment multiple times and they have to do very quickly. So I want to start with some of the observational things that the layperson can make on your standard three-tab or architectural shingle. Um, from the ground. Yeah, from the ground. I'm not encouraging my clients to get up on roofs. We'll uh, leave that to you, the professional. Absolutely. Uh, and and uh, what's really funny is in some preparation for uh, this and setting up some questions, I came across the term, I have to know whether it's real or not. But uh, uh, tell, tell me about, like, what are some of the things that I, as a layperson, can start looking at that – that will just give me an indication like eh, maybe I really need to get, um, although we recommend pretty regularly, um, you know, somebody up on here, this is a concern kind of thing. So I always say a really good place for a homeowner to check um, is around the bottom of the downspout. So where do the downspouts kick out? If you're seeing a lot of granules from that roof, um, that, that could be a sign that, that that roof is getting close to, um, you know, being ready to go end of life yeah yep um now granular loss is a standard aging of of a roof so you know seeing some you're gonna see it through the whole life of the roof but if you're seeing you know piles and piles of them um, that's a good sign uh, one of the biggest ones that a lot of people don't know is it it kind of has to be the right time as far as you're looking at a side of the roof that's in the sun if you see around the edges of the shingles, it, it looks white or shiny or, or anywhere on that roof where you're seeing this kind of shine come off of those shingles. Um, what that is, is that's actually the fiberglass backing of that shingle. Oh, really? Wow. Yep. That would be a really deteriorated roof, honestly. Yes. And so, because basically, yeah, that that's the back of the shingle. So you have asphalt. And then granules on top of that. So if we've worn through all of that and we're down to the fiberglass, the granules and the asphalt, you can down to the, yeah. yeah, you can pretty much guarantee that roof needs to be replaced. Uh, that's that's good. I haven't ever seen that too many times. Is that a sign that the roof would then be leaking? Do they typically leak at that point, or do they still have some? Not necessarily. Okay. Um, it, it has a lot to do with, honestly, just how well the roof was installed. Oh, yeah. Um, that tar paper still holding up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what, what we see causing a lot of leaks on those roofs that we're seeing, that fiberglass and that wear and tear, uh, is what we call nail pops. So yep. if the installer did not install those nails flat and flush, over time, our freeze thaw is going to work that nail up. And with a shingle that deteriorated, it's mm -hmm. going to pop right up through the top. You'll get water intrusion through that. Wow. Great tips. So what about when I'm looking at a roof, particularly if there's trees along and whatnot, um, 
I see, uh, I'm going to call it discoloration. I see almost not physical waves, and we can talk about those in a minute, but but I see like, oh, there's this whole stretch that looks like uh, it's it's darker, maybe, I can't tell whether that's like leaf residue or tree limb residue, or if there is a granule pattern that's different. Is the, are these concerns? So, no, uh, is the short answer. It's not necessarily a concern. Uh, what you're seeing is actually a black algae growth on the shingles. Okay. Um, all shingles, basically all shingles on the market uh, have a 10-year algae-resistant coating on them. Now, there are some that go up to 25 years, uh, but most of them are going to be a 10-year algae resistance. So the one thing that does tell you is that that roof is at least 10 years old. Okay. So that's a good kind of way to age a roof. If you're seeing that, you know minimum 10 years old on that roof. Excellent. Um, I feel smarter already. Yeah. <laughs> But no, that, that black algae does not harm the shingles at all. You know, it, it may be a little ugly. It may be a little bit of an eyesore, but no, it doesn't, doesn't hurt the shingles and doesn't necessarily mean the roof is bad at all. Um, and there are things you can do if you don't like the look of that, um, like a soft wash on the roof um, to a chemical soft wash just kills that algae. Let's it run off. Just never power wash your roof. <laughs> right. No. That, I, I'm with you there. I, I understand. Um, so then we go from that, that, that sort of visual wave, if you will, as sometimes I call it, but then we go to an actual, like we can see that there's areas of the roof that, um, I, I don't want to say sag because sag automatically implies a problem. Uh, and maybe there is, and maybe there isn't, I don't know, but, uh, just kind of a, 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 instead of a sort uneven of a, surface. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uneven surface. I can tell there's an uneven surface from the ground when I look up at that roof. Yeah. Yeah. So it it could mean that it's bad. It, it could mean absolutely nothing. Um, what you want to look for is is really irregularities in that. So if you're seeing kind of a, a smooth, steady, you know, just kind of wave across the roof, uh, what that probably is, especially on an older home, a lot of the houses built in Kansas City between the 50s and the 70s were uh, decked on the roof with a 3 8 inch plywood. And that plywood is probably, unless it's been leaking, it's probably still solid. But being that thin, over time, plywood has the tendency to just kind of sag and warp. Just warp a little the bit, rafters. Yeah. Um, now, if you're looking at a roof and you see one specific area where it's sunken in, that's a pretty good indication that there's probably a leak there, and that's probably rotted decking. Right, and certainly something that you are likely to see from an attic inspection of the roof, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, <clears throat> so I came across this term when I was looking up things to, to kind of put some question sets together for us, and uh, the term was fish mouthing. Is, is that really a thing? Did you have to look it up, or did you know exactly what that was when I sent it to you? I knew what you were talking about, but I've never used it. Never used that term. Uh, all right, fill me in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've done a lot of roofing, and I've never heard that term. So I, yeah. I would love to know what you what fish mouthing. It is fishing season, but what that means in terms of roofing. So what, what I call it and what most roofers call it is cupping. Oh, when okay. When the shingles start cupping. Gotcha. Um, and it's something that you see on a three-tab shingle a lot. reason you see it on a three-tab is because the sealant line on the bottom of those tabs does not go all the way to the edge of the shingles. Why so, they're less expensive, right? Yep. 
So as that roof ages and that asphalt dries out, those edges that aren't stuck down, that asphalt is shrinking. And so it's it's kind of cupping up on the edges, Okay. whereas it's not going to do that where you have the sealant. And I you guess typically won't see it on an architectural shingle. Now that you have explained that, I can visualize a fish type of scenario, I suppose. I don't correlate fishing to roofing usually, but... Uh, maybe he wanted to be at the lake and fishing instead of roofing I, that I day, know. and you, it came out. You Not know, surprising. It, <laughs> definitely a possibility there. <laughs> you know, the internet's a wonderful thing, and I was out just kind of doing some research, and that term came up, and I thought, okay, this is ridiculous. This is just, you know, one person's, you know. And no, the, this is a guy that wanted to be at the lake fishing instead of roofing. I well, can almost guarantee it. Yeah, like, but, I yeah. swear. Yeah, he had fish on the mind, that's yeah. for sure. Well, but you see, here's the problem. This is then I went to go find out how real it was, and I found it on a whole bunch of different sites. I bet you it's regional, right? So, yeah. Right, so. Ooh, where were they like, from? Like soda and I just lots of different roofing sites and whatnot as I prepped. But if it was the, regional, I was just curious what area. Oh, I didn't. I did, at that didn't, po- didn't at that point, that at that point, much, I said that I is not a question for I'm me. Not, I'm going to assume the south. Yeah, yeah. No, we, it's not we, a midwestern. We term. have All Colby. Right. We have an expert coming on. I'm just going to ask him. It's <laughs> kind of where I was. Um, oh. We talked. You you just mentioned right your your standard sort of three tab asphalt shingles shingles. Wow. Um, architectural shingles. We know that there are uh, ratings in architectural shingles, but that distinction, that first step is a big one. And uh, we've talked about it before on a podcast, but I want to go over it again is how, again, the layperson without getting on the roof, how they can get an idea just looking at the roof of whether they're dealing with an architectural shingle, because that is going to have a longer life. It's going to be more resistant to uh, hail damage, et cetera. So how do I tell when I'm just, you know, looking up at the roof from the front yard? So when you're looking at an architectural shingle, um, you're, you're not really going to see a consistent pattern. Um, they're, they're kind of purposely different. And so you have these, you know, irregular sawtooths on the shingles and, and all that. So it, it was kind of made initially to look like a wood shake. Um, now we know that they really don't, but that was the idea. Um, when you're looking at a three tab, I always say it looks kind of like bricks. And so it's got a very standard pattern. Um, and you've got tabs that with a split that are one foot wide, little squares all the way across. Yep. Little squares offset. Perfect. Perfectly offset all the way up the roof. Does the depth of the variation help you with that? The, like on the architecturals is the, the, um, variation in i don't know height i don't know it's I, literally the thickness is what i'm talking about right is, is does that help or can three tabs get thick three tabs can get thick nowadays they're really not making any three tabs besides the 20 or 25 years but back in the day um you actually would see a a rather thick three tab which was the organic three tab um mm-hmm. okay well, I could spend a day on that one, but uh, <laughs> that should have never been made. Um, and then they also used to make like a 50-year three-tab, which uh, I think we all know was uh, not 50 maybe, years? A, maybe a lie. <laughs> yeah, not 50 years. A stretch. Mm-hmm. A stretch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those architecturals have a lot of depth, too. That's how I tell people sometimes is yeah. like if you're looking at the roof and it feels like it has a lot of depth yeah, to it that's and not what I was just the about, yeah. square. Yeah. Um, I feel like you can tell in that way. And I feel like there's 
a lot of different colors. Yep. I feel like the three tabs are usually a consistent color, even with your weathered wood or whatever that's called. I think that's what it's called. Um, and then when you get to the architectural, the depth of those colors is just a lot more maybe flavorful or um, eye appealing, maybe. I don't know how to say that exactly, but... Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good way to tell um, the shading of the of the granules on that shingle. So from bottom to top, if you're seeing it go from light to dark, um, that's probably an architectural shingle. They didn't really do that with three tabs. And again, very vanilla. It, yeah, it, it goes back to again what they wanted architectural shingles to look dimensional, look like those shakes. So they kind of forced a shadow line in there. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Very pretty roofs. So we we know, or at least <clears throat> we've shared on the podcast, how uh, important ventilation is for a roof, which I think a lot of people don't even really think about. No, I'm sure they don't. And and how hot roofs can get, and why that ventilation is important. Um, are there any any tricks again from that not getting inside of the attic, which of course we're not going to do during a, uh, a, a showing? Yeah, no. typical showing. Um, is there, is there any tricks? Is there any ratio we should be looking for any placement? Um, what can I be looking for again as a layperson to make sure that like, Hey, I, I think maybe there is or isn't a ventilation problem here. Yeah. Well, I will say first that you are correct. Ventilation is not only important. I believe that ventilation is the most important thing to a roofing system. Um, bar none. So a couple okay. of things that you can, anybody can tell looking from the ground, if you can see the roof, you never want to mix types of ventilation. So if you see a turbine and a box vent or <laughs> box vents and ridge vent together, that's a bad deal. I would have never known that. So yeah. that's um, okay. And the reason for that is each type of vent, even between brands of vents that are the same style, pull out different volumes of air. So the one that pulls out more air is going to exhaust like normal. The problem is it's going to pull from the closest source, which is going to be a vent right next to it. That's say we have a turbine next to a box vent. That turbine's pulling air out. That air is coming in through a vent that did not, Ah. that was not made to have air coming in. It was meant to have it going out. And so what we see happen is a lot of times when we get a snow, that hangs in the air, those real light ones, it'll come in through the vent, settle on that that insulation and melt. Oh. Um, and then the other big problem is that that's not effectively ventilating your entire attic space. Again, you're only circulating air at the very right, top. At the top. Couple spots maybe. Yep. So so just to clear up for our listeners, a, a turbine, I, I think I called it in a previous podcast, the chef's hat. Yeah. Right. Which are frequently, or at least they used to be metal, but there you're spinning parts in it, which either you can see or there's a big bulbous thing that's covering it. The looks kind of like uh, one of those wind things out in the yard, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Uh, yard art. The, the, yard art on the roof. The box vents are are I don't know maybe from certainly from the ground perspective an inch or two high. They're usually square, although not always. Um, and they so they kind of hug the roof, and there's there's usually multiple of them going across the roof. And then the ridge vent, um, which is a um, you can see it. It's across the uh, the peak of your roof, and you can see that there's like a gap, and then there's shingles, and that's uh, uh, letting air expand from the very top of the roof. 
And so it, it, there's not a circumstance typically where um, having more than one, like if you have a ridge vent, that's all you should have? In the same attic space. In the same, so okay. there are a lot of houses that, that have multiple different attic spaces. Um, so somewhere where you have to have ridge vent is if you notice you've got vaulted ceilings on the inside of the house that right. go all the way up to the top. The only way to ventilate that is a ridge vent. Um, now, you may take the ridge vent across the whole house, um, but there may not be enough ridge on that house to get enough ventilation through that ridge vent. So you may see one section that does okay. have a ridge vent on it, and the other main attic space has box vents or turbines. Um, so, yeah, there is situations where you do have multiple types on the roof. Um, but the biggest one really is, is we see these houses, you know, you're, like I said, those, those 60s, 70s builds, there's a ton of those through the Gladstone area, kind of Waldo Prairie Village. Sure. Um, and you'll see that turbine right next to that box vent. That's bad news. Okay. Oh boy. How often do you see that? I would say I, on a daily basis, really. Wow. Um, I see it. Often, yeah, but often. there's no way that you drive through a neighborhood and you're not staring at the roofs of every house you go that's, by. That's true. It's, it's really kind of like all we're I looking do. at like, oh, that yard appeals terrible, right? Uh, they, they really need to, you know, we do that too. So. Turbine and box vent, alert, alert. That's right. Yeah. I'm stopping I, I to leave a card. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. That's just what I was thinking. I will say that um, almost every single roof that we install, we correct a ventilation issue. Oh, wow. Um, so most of the builders aren't doing it right. You know, unless you've got this this custom home builder that's that's really caring and thinking through things, um, ventilation is usually a problem. Why would they mess that up, though? Because it's actually going to end up costing more money than for them as the builder installer, right? Because why would I put turbines and box vents when I just could have put box vents and called it a day? It was in the truck. So they just threw it on? Yeah. Huh. Well, I try to not spend more money. I try and spend less and be efficient, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> so that's that's it was on the really, that's that's what I've I've come with because it doesn't make any sense to me. It's you know yeah, I'm over here be. going the same way. Like, why would they do that? Yeah. That's going to be more expensive, more labor, more all the things, and that doesn't seem to make sense to me. Yeah, and <laughs> what what we see happen a lot of times is it's it's homes that have been re-roofed. Once, so it already had turbines on it, but they said, "Oh, oh we, well, you know, we could." It, I can see that one. We could increase your ventilation. Yeah, we oh, really should. Because yeah, yeah, it, it's it gets real hot up here. You know, well, let's let's put more vents, and then the, okay, yeah, let's throw three more box vents on there when we already have two turbines. Sure, more is mm. better. I I, I yeah. certainly would. I could see that one. Yeah, but the new builds, that's the one where I'm like. No way they should do that well, because well, you and I are constantly I know, reminding people I, that yeah. new construction has to be inspected. You know, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know, know it happens sometimes. I know. All right, so uh, in in a uh, in our standard form seller's disclosure here in Kansas City, uh, one of the things that you are revealing is how old your roof to is. Reveal. Well, that's true. One of the things. <laughs> We're, I'm not going. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> this will be like a three-hour podcast. Uh, one of the things that you're supposed to be disclosing is not only the age of your roof, but whether or not it is multiple layers. And uh, I had a client ask me the other day. They said, uh, "Is that better or worse?" And my comment was essentially, "You know, that's a fantastic question. I know the person to ask. I can tell you that it's less common now than it used to be when I was growing up because um, I just I saw it. It was a discussion when people were roofing, and now 
almost everybody's doing a full tear off. But tell us about that. Is that good or bad? And why would it be either? So yeah, multiple layers is is bad. Um, you know, in short, uh, insurance charges more for it too. Typically, yep. And the reason it's bad um, is because these asphalt shingles have to be cooled. Kind of go back to the ventilation we were just talking about. Even if you have properly ventilated that attic space with the right number of exhaust vents, the r- exhaust vents, the right number of intake vents that second layer of shingles cannot be cooled because it has another layer of asphalt underneath it. And so what we see is by overlaying that roof, you've essentially taken a third of the life off of that shingle. So if it was a 30-year shingle that you just installed over top of another roof, now you've got max 20 years. Okay, there you go, hard, hard facts. And uh, was also explained why it's very seldom done anymore. Yep. So, uh, excellent. Well, then... Um, Let's talk about um, the the uh, a process concern that a lot of people have. Um, so, uh, if I'm working with a buyer and uh, they're going to get an inspection on their home, a common, not necessarily, you know, some some buyers will go like, "Yeah, we're getting a roof inspection from a roofer," but a lot of people will say, "Hey, I'm going to get a whole home inspection." Uh, they get a whole home inspection, and that inspector, who is not an expert in roofing, though certainly has seen plenty, et cetera, if they're a good inspector, they may say, hey, look, you know, this is what I see, and I really recommend you get a roofer out here. And all of this is, regardless of whether it's a one-step decision or a two-step decision, is to talk about the time frame that buyers have to get professional advice, and roofing companies are busy. So um, is there, uh, and I know you guys do a good job, at least you have for me, right? You've been out pretty quick. You personally have been out and on a roof pretty quickly for me. Is this, a, is this an industry trend that you see that it's hard? To, you know, they may have, you, a buyer might have as little as seven days or even less. Uh, 10 days would be a standard. And honestly, they're going to have less after they have a whole home inspection. Have, exactly. And then we need a roof inspection. Yeah. So let's just say four days. So yeah, so that would be maybe even three, but that's how it goes. How, how do you feel the roofing industry in Kansas City is 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 Positioned capable of position for this? And then maybe how are you guys positioned for it? So, I think that there, it, it's a it's a hard question to answer. So, for us personally, it's okay. Be mean. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> uh, I think there is a lot of companies out there that that. The person who started was really good at roofing, uh, but they weren't really good at running a business or they don't have that. That's person. every business friend. Yeah. yeah. They don't have that person uh, to really run the scheduling. And that's something that, that we've been you know blessed to have um, all the way throughout our existence. Um, so it, it's very rare that I can't get out to something within a week. Um, really, the only situation that would happen for us is a massive hailstorm. Um, where, right. where we are running hundreds of inspections. Um, but normal operations, uh, even, you know, the small hailstorms, windstorms like we had, you know, we're getting out within a few days. Um, I, I don't like to leave things sit. Um, now, I, I hear it all the time from customers, you know. I, I can't believe you guys were able to get here so fast. Everyone else is, is booked out two weeks. Are you guys um, regional or are you just local to Kansas City? So we're, we're just local to Kansas City. So that we, makes a huge difference because yeah. you're not storm chasing. Yep. Yeah, we stay here. You know, if a storm comes in our service area, you know, we, we help out as many people as we can. But we don't we don't go outside of our service area. 
Um, it's just never something That's that, that we've wanted to do. That's where big difference is right there. And, and you know, that I feel like that builds a lot of credibility with your service area. That builds a lot of credibility with your people that work for you because they're able to stay at home and not leave their families. So I would imagine that bodes to a great work environment. So kudos to you. Yeah. Yeah. It says we've been here and we're going to be here. Yeah. Not we just got here and we could be gone next week. That's <laughs> a really important piece of roofing. All right. Um, now I get to continue to show my ignorance here. Um, and, and it's it's half ignorance, but the, the term I want to talk about is flashing. I knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Because, Shiny. Because I think uh, either myself, uh, my clients, or um, uh, some other people that aren't roofers, and we talk about roofs, and whenever there is, and I know there's other things like drip edges and blah, blah, blah. Whenever there's anything that's not a shingle or the decking underneath, we call it flashing. Uh, so let's go ahead and provide some education of what flashing is and what are some of the other elements that that frequently we see come up on inspections for like, hey, your roof's in good condition, but you need this here. You need this flashing here by this. You know what? So explain to us what flashing is. Yeah. So calling most of those things flashing is is not wrong um yes but it also tells me nothing yeah okay (laughs) that's fair yeah there there's a lot of flashings on a roof and each one of them has a name right so we have our drip edge flashing that goes around the outsides of the home and that transitions that water off the roof into the gutters or off the roof to to come down off the siding there um you have sidewall flashing where the shingles run into a wall, the siding. We have sidewall flashing there, or step flashing. Um, there's flashing around your skylights. There's flashing around your chimney. There's a flashing around each pipe. Uh, there's flashing in the valleys. Uh, there's bird stop flashing. So every flash. You, you, you had me until bird stop <laughs> flashing. What is that? It's uh, the most self-explanatory flashing there is. (laughs) So basically where you have a soffit that runs into a roof, there's going to be a gap there because they can't run that wood all the way into the roof or it would rot. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. So you need to install what's called a bird stop flashing and you tuck it up in there. It's a piece of steel. You fold it and tuck it up in that spot. Call it a bird stop because that spot right there where a soffit runs into the roof is where we see bats get into the attic. We see birds build their nests all the time. Squirrels, maybe. So, birds stop flashing. All right, all right, fine. Something will get I in there if it's not I feel pretty foolish right now, but that's okay. <laughs> How many pieces, different pieces, are there on a typical roof? Do you know? I'm just curious, and if you don't know, totally okay, because there's a lot. I don't know either. I'm just curious. I would say, so on, on like our typical order... Um, for materials, were twenty to thirty items, mm-hmm. uh, different specific items, unique items. Yep. Yeah, obviously, yep. more than twenty to thirty shingles. Or yep. oh yeah, yep, um, thousands how, of shingles. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about the other part. If you're getting re-roofed, uh, will should you expect your roofing companies? So this goes into the the whole category of opening up a wall and never finding a good surprise. As you peel off shingles and 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 everything and get down to the decking, um, there's if there's a surprise there, it's not a good one. Right? Nobody's taped a hundred dollar bill to the top of decking. So uh, should there be an expectation um, that um, a good company is going to say, "Hey, you've got a decking problem and you really really have to fix this." 
Um, or are there, is that something you need to be concerned about? You need to be telling your roofing company, give me the status of the decking before you throw new shingles on here. You should be telling them. Um, I'll tell you, I see it all the time uh, on roofs that are maybe two, three, four years old. Uh, so really young in terms of roofs, um, that have wood rot, but they're not leaking. Hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll get up there and, and inspect it. And, you know, I feel it crack under my feet. I'm about to fall through the roof. Um, because yeah, they just tore it off. You know, they, they weren't hired to do decking. They were hired to put shingles on. Um, I would say, you know, find a company that cares about a roof system, not a company that sells shingles. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so th- that's a perfect transition into sort of my, my next question or, or, or where I really want to give uh, our listeners some advice, um, which is, um, you know, assuming that they're not going to pick up the phone and call you or maybe the other great roofing company we've had on, obviously there's more than one. You can't roof every home and every business in Kansas City. Um, what's some criteria, what are some questions they should be asking a potential uh, roofing company that they're thinking about hiring, whether it be for some, you know, small flashing fix uh, or whether it be for, hey, I need a roof replacement. Um, what, what? Give us some, some uh, hints and tips and tricks to vet uh, a roofer. So obviously, uh, number one is is use the internet to your advantage. We have the Better Business Bureau, which is is awesome, um, great resource for really anything. Uh, anyone you're you're planning on hiring, check the Better Business Bureau, um, and then Google. Google is great. Um, those are those are really two main ones. Now, ones that that used to be trustworthy and people might still think they are and probably do is like Angie's List. Um, it used to be a great platform to find great contractors of all types. Um, and then about six years ago, um, they were bought out and now you can pay to be on the top. You can pay for your five star rating. You can pay to get these leads. Um, I did so, not know that. Yeah. Don't, you know, like I said, Google, there's, you can't pay for a review on Google. You yeah. Know. But you can, people can stack well, reviews. But yes. you, so you do have to be somewhat careful. Right, but I think that that's a great tip is that in this day and age, you can research a lot of businesses and, you know, part of the unfortunate human nature is that we're willing to speak about something that has harmed us more so than we are willing to speak about something that was totally awesome and amazing. And so when people are going out of their way to say either one, really, it's it's good to read through. Um, are there any questions that they can ask? Like, because this happens, and we spoke just briefly and said storm chasers. So we've had some windstorms in Kansas City. People have, you know, seen shingles on their lawn. They can probably even look up. And I don't know that we have storm chasers for just that. Uh, we may, but the fly-by-night roofing companies or the guy that just set up a shingle yesterday and decided he was going to be a roofing guy which happens, has come into Kansas City and they're knocking doors and saying, we noticed that you missed a few shingles. We're in the area doing free roof evaluations because this is kind of what they say. What questions could our consumers kind of, hey, thanks for stopping by, blah, 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 to find out that, oh boy, this is probably not somebody I want to hire. Um, the standard questions are always good is, are you licensed and insured? Um, and ask to see that. They should be able to provide that. Now, yes, and if they give you any flack about that, red flag. Yep, absolutely. So that that's your first question. Um, my, you know, my hard fast rule is, 
Never let anybody that knocks on your door get on your roof. Uh, that's not saying that every company that does that is bad. They're not. Um, but I have seen many a times a roof that wasn't damaged um, be really vandalized. Um, because by, they're there to sell. Exactly. Um, you so know, is the same old adage of, you know, um, uh, having a car repair shop create a situation where they have to repair it. Somebody up on your roof, that's, well, you know, hadn't really thought about it, but I could certainly see that there are nefarious people out there. Oh, and roofing Absolutely. is, it's kind of rampant in roofing, especially when there's storm chasers. I mean, yeah, having having a surface level experience in, in roofing in the last 20 years of- Oh, with um, all your rentals and everything. Yeah. Absolutely. I know that there are a lot of people that will even just call me and say, we were in the neighborhood and we noticed that, and I have- kind of an eye for that so i know what's up and it's like actually i just had somebody out there so please don't touch my roof yep <laughs> you yeah. please leave the property like I, you know i think the we yeah. were in the neighborhood is one of the the sort of lead things i always shy away from that. the beauty of this is is that uh like christian brothers for example is actually in my neighborhood your corporate office is right here so i don't have to worry about it too much yeah yeah we we are your neighborhood you literally are and then you know the other thing i think and and we recommend this in regards to realtors too is get a second opinion meet with someone else so if somebody shows up at your door thank them for coming by take their card and say we're going to get somebody else to give us another quote and if we decide to go with you we'll give you a call thank you so just make sure that you're not going with that first person that stops by knocking on your door they could be great as we said but they could also be somebody that's there to take advantage of you so just do your due diligence just like we recommend in regards to realtors and where i have seen a lot of homeowners get in trouble is um having the homeowners sign something to get on the roof. Hey, I just need you to sign this quick form so I can get up on your roof. Like, and and many, couch it as liability release or something like yep, that. And uh, many a times it's a it's a it's a contract. And, oh and boy! So you read have, that. Yep. So do wow. not. A, a reputable company is not going to make you sign anything to get up on your. Yeah, because they're, they're licensed and insured to do it themselves. Yep. By the way, a lot of them have drones now. Yeah. So. That's a real red flag if uh, they need. Oh my gosh, I hadn't. I had not heard that one. You so know, long. you know, being in an industry where we are requesting a requirement for our clients to sign a lot of documents, that's something we should be. You know, we should be thinking about because I, if, if <laughs> the standard sixteen-page real estate residential contract in Kansas City, uh, I can't tell you how many times I have explained it in general and then said. If you are not comfortable or there are parts you don't understand, right, I am not a lawyer. Contact a lawyer. Do not sign this if you're not comfortable. Right. And and so, yeah, I, I, you know, all of the steps I take to make sure my clients understand that and then, well, I need you to sign this before I get on the roof. Yeah. Well, I don't, first of all, that Ooh. that poor person would probably already have the door in their face in my house. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Do you guys have a showroom at your corporate office on North Oak? Yep. Yep. So we showcase- That's a nice uh, building. It used to be uh, some type of machinery building, and, and the gentleman that owned it lived up towards my way, but that's a fabulous building. <laughs> yeah. We were very lucky to, to have the space that we do. And yeah, we, we showcase you know a lot of the products that we install- Unfortunately, there are tons of roofing products out oh, there. Oh, yeah. So we, we really we have the most popular ones in there. Um, but anybody that wants a sample or wants to see you know, some of the work that we've done, 
um, you know, we can we can give you that and we can show you, hey, I, you know, this house right here, you know, couple of blocks, we did that. Yeah, that's that's f- awesome. It's funny. It's it's. I almost asked you to do this, but I'm going to swing by and get some because I always struggle with the verbal explanation for my clients of the different shingle types. I'm going to come by and get a couple of shingles so that I'm just going to put them in, the, in my realtor kit so that I can just show my buyers, right, here's a three-tap, here's an architecture, and this is the difference, and they can feel them and touch them. So that, you can that, order yeah, a whole thing. I'm, not, I'm just going to go make cold. Okay. Oh, we got, we got stacks in the back. <laughs> yeah, so. All right, so we're getting uh, – we've spent a lot of time. It's been, it's been great information. Thank you so yes, very much. You're absolutely. We're, we're down to the end of the episode, and, I, yeah, yeah, I'm sure you have to have a million, but give me, like, some – the craziest – thing that you've seen and doing and let's keep it to residential if you can yeah yeah okay oh man so this one this one's hard i i on a daily basis see things that blow my mind and and i've been doing this seven years every day i I still have surprises i would say one of the worst ones was a a home uh, in kansas city missouri um it had seven layers of roofing on it Seven layers. How is that house not falling down? That would be so heavy. Yep. It, it's it's an immense amount of weight on that house. So they had a wood shingle roof on the very bottom. They had three layers of asphalt shingles. Then, and I didn't count this as a layer. They had a layer of quarter inch plywood over those first four layers. Oh and then three more layers of roofing. And this was an old house. And when I looked in the attic... It was framed with two by fours. How the heck was that still standing? Yeah. So we actually did it, a. It's just even listening oh, it, to you, it sounds like like implosion. I. That's what I told the customer. I said, I, I, to be honest, everything I know tells me that this roof should have caved in long ago. I don't know well, how and, it's and, still up there, but we need to get it off yesterday. And, and the yeah. wood shingles, assuming they had been kept dry, how old and dry those things are, what a huge fire, fire hazard. Risk. That's oh, true. Yeah. Oh, oh, my, my gosh. goodness. Yeah, those shakes were probably 100 years old. Oh, <gasps> wow. Yeah, the original roof to the house, it was a 1908 build. Oh, wow. So, yeah, they were yeah just over and 100 years old. D- did you fix it for them? I mean, did they hire so, you? Yeah, and this was the cool part. So they did hire us. Um, we typically will have a, our, our crew out there of, of six guys up on the roof, but we, we did not want to have that much more weight. And typically, you load the shingles on before you do the project. Oh, so. yeah, not in that one. You'd make so, it get you too nervous. Yeah, we, we had two guys tear that roof off just to make sure we weren't adding any extra weight. Got it all down down to the rafters, new plywood over everything. And Four dumpsters full. Yeah, yeah. it <laughs> was least. a lot of trips to the dump. Um, and after we got that roof off and re-roofed it, we actually... In the next couple of weeks, I came back. Um, I was just checking on something. I, I it was you know just swinging by to Popeye. to say something. Yeah, and I stopped back and I and I'm walking around the house and I see the the dirt line on the foundation. It's come up three to four inches. So taking that massive weight off of the house let that foundation come back up. It had sunk it into the ground. You could see where it where it really? used to be. Yeah, three to four inches. So that was a really well-built house. I mean, to yeah. have pushed it down and not collapsed it. Yeah, and not it. just cracked Holy out the foundation. Holy yeah, Absolutely. 
man, where's this at? I might go look at this house. Yeah. This is a solid house. Yeah, yeah. down yeah. down near the stadium. It was, it was down in that area. Oh, yeah. wow. So that's fantastic. Soon to be maybe just the Chiefs Stadium. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Ah, more parking. <laughs> this is <laughs> more room for tailgating. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, right. let's go look on the bright side. That's of why that. we're there, anyways. <laughs> All right, uh, Kobe. I am sure that there are people who have listened to this now who are like, you know, I really want to get a hold of Christian Brothers. Uh, how do I do that? Uh, we've mentioned that you're on North Oak, but go ahead and share some contact information. Yeah, so feel free to go to our website, uh, ChristianBrothersRoofingLLC.com. Um, we've got a live chat on there, so if you've got questions, if you want to get you know, a, an appointment scheduled, you can actually do that just from the website, which I've, is really I've got really it up right handy. here. Should I chat? Colby's here. <laughs> and yeah, he, he told tell, me to talk to yeah, you. Right. Tell me a story. Yeah, so website's really great, and obviously you can get a picture of, of what we do, who we are on there. Um, and then... Uh, our phone number for the office is 816-453-ROOF, or that's 816-453-7663. Excellent. And uh, I can't tell you how much, Jen and I, appreciate you coming out and being part of the Get Real KC podcast, uh, helping our listeners truly understand uh, you know, just just one of the most important aspects, right, uh, and, and of their large financial uh, asset. So thanks so much for coming. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right, everybody, take care. Until next time. You have been listening to Get Real KC with Eric Jurgensen and Jen Justice. For more information or to contact our hosts, Visit us at dreamhomesbygen.com, where you can find more episodes exploring real estate as it matters to you. 